Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of mitral regurgitation found under the cardiovascular section at MetBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 56-year-old man presents to his cardiologist for dyspnea. He previously had dyspnea with exertion. In the past few weeks, he has had dyspnea at rest as well. He also reports easy fatigability. He has a previous history of hypertension and ischemic heart disease. He currently takes statins, metoprolol, captopril, and furosemide. On physical exam, there is a holosystolic murmur heard best at the apex, a systolic thrill, and an S3 heart sound. An echocardiogram reveals left ventricular hypertrophy, left atrial enlargement, and mitral regurgitation. Let's continue with an introduction to mitral regurgitation. Clinically, this is defined as a valvular disorder characterized by mitral valve insufficiency. This may be acute or chronic. Conditions that are associated include tuberous sclerosis. Demographically, this tends to affect males more often than females. Risk factors include coronary artery disease and past myocardial infarction. In terms of the etiology, acute mitral regurgitation may be due to rupture of chordae tendinae, papillary muscle rupture, infective endocarditis, or trauma. Chronic causes may be due to rheumatic heart disease, which is most common in the developing countries, mitral valve prolapse, which is most common in developed countries, infective endocarditis, hypertension, ischemic heart disease, hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy, or congenital. In terms of the pathogenesis, the mitral insufficiency results in blood flow from the left ventricle to the left atrium instead of into the systemic circulation. This increases left atrial pressure, increases volume overload and preload, decreases cardiac output as the left ventricle empties some of its blood into the low pressure compartment of the left atrium, and over time, this results in left ventricular failure. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms may include symptoms of heart failure. This would include dyspnea, orthopnea, paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea, and fatigue. On exam, cardiac exam may demonstrate a downward displaced left ventricular impulse, a holosystolic apical murmur which radiates to the axilla and is best heard at the apex, a systolic thrill, and an S3 heart sound. One may also note pulmonary rails and peripheral edema. In terms of further imaging, chest radiography is indicated as an initial imaging modality. Findings may include increased pulmonary vasculature, cardiomegaly, and left atrial enlargement. Echocardiography is indicated as a diagnostic test. Findings may include mitral insufficiency and left heart enlargement. In terms of further studies, an electrocardiogram may demonstrate left ventricular hypertrophy and left atrial enlargement. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about ventricular septal defects. Distinguishing factors include that this also presents with a holosystolic murmur, but it may be asymptomatic or it may develop heart failure. There will be no S3 sound or thrill, and the echo will demonstrate a ventricular septal defect. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is based on clinical presentation and imaging. With regards to the management approach, remember to treat heart failure if it is present. Medical options include vasodilating drugs, 
This is indicated for all patients. Specific drugs include angiotensin receptor blockers, angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, and hydralazine. Diuretics are indicated for patients with heart failure, and beta blockers are also indicated for patients with heart failure. Operative options include valvular repair or replacement. This is indicated if the ejection fraction is 60% or lower, if there is left ventricular and systolic diameter of 40 millimeters or greater, and if patients are refractory to medical therapy. And lastly, complications related to mitral regurgitation include heart failure, cardiogenic shock, pulmonary hypertension, and atrial fibrillation. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to mitral regurgitation, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 52-year-old man presents to his primary care physician with two months of progressive fatigue and exercise intolerance. Two months ago, he was walking three miles a day. Currently, he is unable to walk more than three blocks without becoming short of breath. Along with these symptoms, he has been experiencing two weeks of intermittent palpitations and orthopnea. Patient records include documentation of a systolic heart murmur with a mid-systolic click by a physician many years ago. He has no other medical history and does not take any medications. He does not drink alcohol or smoke. His cardiovascular exam is notable for a holosystolic murmur best heard at the apex with radiation to the axilla. Which of the following findings would most likely be seen on echocardiography? And the answer choices are Choice 1, a bicuspid aortic valve. Choice 2, high-pressure gradient across the tricuspid valve. Choice 3, immobile mitral valve leaflets. Choice 4, thickening and displacement of the mitral valve leaflets. Or Choice 5, a ventricular septal defect. The best answer to this question is choice four, thickening and displacement of mitral valve leaflets. The patient has fatigue, dyspnea on exertion, palpitations, orthopnea, a history of a heart murmur with a mid-systolic click, which is suggestive of mitral valve prolapse, and a holosystolic murmur best heard at the apex with axillary radiation. These signs and symptoms are most consistent with mitral valve regurgitation caused by mitral valve prolapse, seen on echocardiography as thickening and displacement of mitral valve leaflets. Mitral valve prolapse is caused by myxomatous degeneration of the mitral valve leaflets that may be idiopathic or due to a connective tissue disorder. Over time, the mitral valve leaflets become thicker and longer, displacing into the left atrium during systole. While mitral valve prolapse is usually asymptomatic, Mitral valve prolapse that progresses and becomes severe is the most common cause of mitral regurgitation in high-income countries. Mitral regurgitation can cause left atrial dilation and result in atrial fibrillation. The diagnosis is confirmed with echocardiography, and treatment for severe cases consists of valve replacement surgery. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. A bicuspid aortic valve can present with an ejection click and a mid-systolic murmur. While largely asymptomatic, severe calcification as patients age may cause aortic stenosis and present with dyspnea on exertion. 
a bicuspid aortic valve is the most common cause of aortic stenosis in younger patients. Its associated murmur is heard best over the right second intercostal space rather than the apex. Choice 2. High pressure gradients across the tricuspid valve may be caused by tricuspid valve stenosis. Tricuspid valve stenosis is typically asymptomatic, but may present with a fluttering sensation in the neck, fatigue, right upper quadrant fullness, and cold skin. It is often accompanied by a presystolic murmur at the lower left sternum that increases with inspiration. Choice 3. Immobile mitral valve leaflets may be caused by mitral valve stenosis. Mitral valve stenosis may present with palpitations, dyspnea, and orthopnea. However, the characteristic murmur consists of a loud S1 and a mid-diastolic rumble heard best at the apex. Choice 5. A ventricular septal defect is caused by a defect in the ventricular septum and it presents with a harsh, holosystolic murmur best heard at the left lower sternal border. Symptomatic or larger VSDs most often manifest during early childhood with dyspnea, failure to thrive, and fatigue after feeding. If untreated, VSDs may progress to Eisenmenger syndrome, which presents with cyanosis, an elevated red blood cell count, and clubbing. Finally, a bullet summary. In the United States, mitral valve regurgitation is most commonly caused by mitral valve prolapse, and it presents with fatigue, dyspnea on exertion, palpitations, orthopnea, and a holosystolic murmur best heard at the apex. That's all for this review about mitral regurgitation. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.